Alright guys, brief little intro before we get the show started. There are some audio problems near the beginning of the show, <clears throat> maybe about 10-15 minutes into it. I corrected them <laughs> mid-podcast. I do apologize, just bear with us through that. They are fixed and the show is okay after that. Also, the show is quite long. We took a break about an hour in, so if you want to listen an hour and then come back and listen to the next hour i don't know it's we had a lot to say put it that way we didn't even get everything we wanted to say into the show got a little distracted with some switch talk but you'll see so just listen bear with it thank you for listening i appreciate it and let's start the show Welcome to Dark Hour Gaming Podcast. This is, of course, where we wait till the stroke of midnight, enter Tartarus, and, you know, kill shadows and whatnot. I am your host, Tom, and I have my co-host, Ryan. Hi, guys. And Mike. How's it going? So, um, right uh, before we really jump into uh, some Zelda, greatest game alive, apparently, ten out of ten. I just wanted, just wanted to... Ask you guys a quick question about the Switch concerning the lineup. A lot of people have been kind of ragging on its lineup, um, personally from past experience. The uh, console lineup for every generation has never been stellar, although this one, pretty much across the board, people universally seem to agree that Zelda is the only game to buy for Switch. How do you guys feel about the lineup, Ryan? Uh, nope. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, I mean, you were saying before you were concerned about discussing this lineup. Well, I think the best word to describe it would be concerning. Uh, out of all the, like, games, one or two others I could potentially be interested outside of Zelda, and I'm not even talking about games like should be coming out just yet but like the ones that i was interested in like i am setsuna or i think shovel knight is out is that out maybe maybe shovel knight i don't remember but uh they didn't get very good reviews which is honestly kind of a disappointment like super bomberman r like that seemed like it could potentially be a pretty fun like multiplayer game to play and then all i hear from reviews is that it's just essentially just straight ass so i don't know that's kind of concerning to me when the only reason i'm going out and buying this console is for breath of the wild now that's not to say i don't enjoy the game i'm not gonna really talk about it since we're gonna talk about it later now eventually i have no idea how long it's gonna take like it's gonna have games that i could potentially be interested in playing like i see mario kart 8 comes out at the end of april and uh Super Mario Odyssey, I don't know. That 
the level that they showed off was kind of strange. So a lot of people hating on really New Dunk City. Uh, uh, yeah, I I think it's really out of place for a Mario type level. So just I don't know, it just seems really odd to me. Definitely agree with New Dunk City. It's like a level that I'm probably gonna be skipping over. But uh, what do you think, Mike? Uh, about the launch lineup? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you guys know, I didn't go out and get a Switch, so that was one of the no most. Opinion. <laughs> that was the most disappointing part which i mean it's not like a switch problem it's a problem with every console launch they always they're always pretty soft actually having zelda was pretty amazing to be coming out on the launch day so i mean i could have gotten yeah. one but i mean i have i have my pc i have my ps4 xbox and it's just no reason for me to actually go out and get one right now well plus you already yeah. had a wii u so i kind of see both sides of it and I don't know, I felt like maybe people were being a little, just a little hard, because I mean, like, everyone's always complained about launch lineups. It's always been the thing. I'm not going to argue with anyone over it, but with Breath of the Wild hitting on launch, I was, I don't know, I was kind of blown away that their launch game was a Zelda game. Right. So. So, I mean, I definitely agree, like, and we'll get into the details of the game later, but, I mean, if they had maybe two or three more games that I was just dying to play that weren't on other consoles or PC. I may have gotten one, but I just, I don't see a reason to get one right now. And again, that's not Can to knock imagine? Nintendo. That's, I mean, it's just not... No, a, you're not knocking Nintendo. You're yeah. knocking us. So <laughs> you're going to buy one. No, maybe... <laughs> We we all talked about this, uh, I guess before and shortly after it came out. I mean, you guys don't have Wii U's, so how else would you play Zelda? You're not gonna go out and buy Wii U at this point to play Zelda. So, well, it's, if you're even lucky enough to find one, a Wii U. I heard that Wii yeah, U's don't make them hard anymore. to find right now. Really? I haven't seen any in, in any at all the stores that I go to around here. I haven't seen any. Granted, I don't go to GameStop, so. Maybe that's wrong on me for saying that, but in no, my targets, my really best like buys, business model. I don't think a lot of gamers like it. I think that's kind of why they're going out of business right now. Well, I'm pretty amazed that they haven't already, honestly. But I guess they've been closing they, down a lot of stores. Well, I mean, they've been a giant for quite a long time, so I guess we kind of have to thank Amazon for the slow and poisonous process. Taking <laughs> down and uh, down GameStop. <laughs> I mean, they essentially did the same thing with Blockbuster. Them and yeah. Redbox and Netflix, like, why do you think Blockbuster even went out of business? <laughs> now it's going to happen to GameStop. Yeah, I think the only difference is GameStop is making efforts to kind of survive this deal. I don't know how well, how well it's going to work. Uh, well, real quick, I was just going to say that I've noticed a, a lot of GameStops are picking up memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, they do that. I mean, they do the, the whole mobile thing now, and... They, you know, they actually sell digital content, so, I mean, you can get anything you can get on the console there, and, and so, it's, I That's mean, they, I they, they're, they're taking steps, it's just, <clears throat> I mean, the whole reason uh, GameStop came up is because I, I was thinking with the Switch coming out, there'd be a ton of people trading in Wii U's trying to get something for it to upgrade, um, right. so they, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be hard to get up. I don't know how you guys feel about buying pre-owned consoles. I, I don't personally don't do it, but I guess you could if you really want. It. But like, why would you get a Wii U? What I mean, it has a library, but 
it's I don't know nothing amazing. Yeah, I mean, if I think most gamers had a Wii at one point or another, and if you had the Wii, you pretty much had everything the Wii U had to offer. Yeah. Maybe you know a handful of games you didn't get to play. Mario. Nothing Mickey. like. Yeah, nothing like. Well, yeah, I, I guess you could slot that up there in one of the major games, but. I mean, as far as something else like a major Mario release or a made not to count Mario Maker is not a major Mario release. It's just a different type of Mario. But like a Zelda game or a Mario game, nothing like that really came out in that span that Wii U came out in. Well, and kind of looking at, well, not that logic per se, but like, I feel like on the other side, if you had to go out and you were like, all right, I'm going to buy either the Switch or the Wii U to be able to play Zelda. Maybe it would be a better idea to get a Wii U because, A, it's going to be cheaper. It's definitely going to be cheaper. And, B, I mean, even though its library is nothing that, like, nothing impressive, you might have already known beforehand there were some other games on it that you would want to play. So you'd be paying less for potentially more to offer. Yeah, but you also got to look towards the future. Like, there, nah, there's not going to be very many Wii U games made after this point. And, well, I'm pretty sure they already said they weren't making anymore. Right, so, I mean, all you have to look forward to is what's already come out. The Switch is going to have some amazing games, I'm sure. So... I mean, and I, apparently they are working very hard on their third party support. So we'll see. I mean, aside from Skyrim, which is how many years old? I'm looking forward to seeing what other developers are going <laughs> to system. It's kind Fucking of ridiculous. Skyrim. Part of my friend. A game that won't die. <laughs> so, you know, to, to kind of jump into our main topic here, you know, the, the, the reviews went out across the board. 10 out of 10 people were loving this game. So caught up in the hype. A single reviewer gave it a 7 out of 10. Hell yeah. Represent. And received death threats for it. Represent. Was, was completely scrutinized, scrutinized over the whole ordeal. A petition went DDoSed. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they DDoSed his site. Um, a petition went up on change.org to have his review removed because players were so obsessed with the score and having the Metacritic rating be 98% to have it as the second, the, or it was tied with the, with one of the only other games that was that well-reviewed ever. Of all time. I actually don't know. I did not do the homework on that. Oh, but come on, my, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> my thing was, what, what really caught me off guard, you know what? The internet's the internet. It's going to go haywire over any goddamn thing. You drop a penny in the wrong spot. Oh my god. But my thing was that I got caught up in is I saw some of the tweets that were going out to this guy. And one of the tweets that really bothered me was he said reviewers who give like he, uh, one one person commented saying that it's a 7 out of 10. It's not a bad review. And another player, another uh, person, Twitter person, <laughs> whatever, commented that they said, well, in, in the world we live in today, a good game gets a 9 out of 10. A bad game gets a 7 out of 10. And there's no other lower scores. And I'm thinking to myself, do people really think like that? Like, is that how reviews work nowadays? You have to be an 8, 9, or 10 out of 10 in order to be a good game? So ridiculous. 
<clears throat> I saw like I tweeted the other day, like, why do people still care about review scores? I mean, read the review and see what they say about the game and, you know, form an opinion based on that if you want to buy it or not. Like, who cares about a score? Like, what I think is a 10 might be a freaking 5 to you. Like, it's just an opinion. No one's right, no one's wrong. And I think that is that is definitely one of the core problems, too, is, you know, why don't we just nix the whole score system? A review is an opinion. Why do we need to put a score at the end of it? Just put up your opinion. First off, it'll encourage more people to read the actual article instead of scroll to the bottom to see what they gave it. Instead of doing reviews in general, why don't they just start doing more demos? I think I would much prefer being able to take, you know, a solid, like, 20, 30 minutes to go and test the game out myself that I could potentially buy or not buy rather than going on and having to take some time to read and actually think about what the hell someone's talking about. Call me lazy, but I would much prefer, and I think it'd be more fun to go and actually play. I wouldn't say it's lazy, but I mean, especially in today's day and age, we live in a digital age. How hard is it to take a chunk out of your game throw it up on the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Live Store or on Nintendo's new system, I don't even know what they call it, and let a person play, like you said, 20 minutes to an hour long, depending on what the game is, and really form their own opinion and say, man, this is a really good game, I want to buy it. Well, there's that, and then there's also, I have a jealousy complex that's probably pretty clear to people that I've chatted with about reviews before, and I think it's bullshit that reviewers get to go out and get paid to play games early just to form an opinion that I generally disagree with. So it's like, I don't know. I think that's kind (laughs) of fucked up. And I don't think that I'm like, I could probably go out and start reviewing some video games. And as long as I caught a couple people's attention, I could probably potentially start getting paid to do that. I wouldn't need a college degree or anything like that to, you know, become big in that type of world. So I I think it's kind of bullshit that they get all this add-on attention for nothing. I, I when I can go out and play too. a demo and just form my own opinion on the game. I feel, I feel the same way, too, about giving reviewers early copies of the game. And one thing that bothers me about it is I feel like they're not so much looking forward to the game as they are to the to the boasting rights of saying I played this game before everyone else I beat this game before everyone else and I got so many trophies before everyone else and now I'm this close to like the 100% on Xbox or the platinum trophy on PlayStation cuz a lot of a lot of reviewers that I've followed that I've seen not all of them but a lot of them will talk about you know oh you know I'm really close to this review I think I can review it before it actually release uh review it i think i can platinum it before it releases i'm like why do you care about that like you're there to review the game to judge the game you're not there to get your platinum score up you're not there to get your xbox live score up you're there to judge a game you know like is that so hard what do you think about this mike i think uh it's kind of a catch-22 though because i mean i do like to read some sort of opinion before I mean, I don't strictly base my uh, buying habits on it. A lot of times I I wait and I'll hear a friend tell me, like, oh, this game's cool, you know, check it out. And so if a reviewer gets it and... I mean, if, if everybody's loving the game, then there's got to be something 
a little special about it, so I'll go out and pick it up. So I'm okay with them getting it early. Uh, I don't mind that so much. It's more, it's more if they like when you when they get paid to go visit a studio and play it there. Like they get this free trip and stuff. You wonder if you can trust what the heck they're saying. You know, they're being treated special by these developers. So I don't know. It's kind of tainted. I saw that way back when. Uh, I don't know if you remember before Metal Gear. Which one was it? Was it four? One of the Metal Gears came out. Like Konami flew like so many people out to play it before everyone else, and they're at this event and they got to meet Kojima and all this other stuff. It's like I don't know. That has to taint your opinion somewhat, no? I mean, even if you're well, speaking of night too. Speaking of a tainted opinion, um, one thing that I feel is really wrong and is happening more and more as I see it is developers will, will lock you in and say, if your review is below a certain grade, you can't publish it until a week after the game releases. Like, what kind of, like, how is, you're literally, like, shoeholing people into buying the game who know nothing about the game because they didn't read any reviews because the reviews all went bad, and they had to wait a week to see the review. Yeah, like, that's pretty messed up for developers to do something like that. Yeah, I know the whole point is to whine and die so that they get the good reviews to get the, the sales. Right. So, in a sense, I mean, you could put it on both the developers and the reviewers that, you know, it's just like anything in this world. Greed corrupts everything. Well, that's kind of why I like the Giant Bombs style of just doing quick looks when games come out. And, you, and you know... truly got to appreciate Jeff and his stance i mean just look at what happened all those years ago all right right yeah that's true couldn't tell you well you know i won't we won't get into that that's a whole nother other thing but <laughs> yeah if you know what happened then you know if you don't you can look it up um good story good uh good way i mean like one of the greatest review websites was started because of something stupid so but Sound um about right <laughs> Let's uh so let's get straight into Zelda here. You know, the the good, the bad, the ten out of tens. Um as you know, to quote Ryan there. So let's let's start with the good. Trademark. Well um We'll start with Mike this time. Alright, Mike, the good. What is, what is what is the thing that really just made you feel this game was like amazing? <laughs> amazing is a strong word. Let's keep with the theme. What uh, made you think this game was good? Just good. Well, I mean, only good. S- so far. Um, I mean, I think we're all at varying points in the game, but we've all put, you know, a decent amount of time into it. My favorite part is just basically the world. You know, exploring that world is like, it's awesome. Like. There's so much to do there, and you know so many places to go. Like, I I have a guide, and I I kept thinking about going to it to find like, because I was rushing to try and get uh, more and more shrines, and I got to like I don't know how many, and I couldn't figure out how to uh, unlock them because you know some of them are puzzle based to actually figure out where they are. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna look some up, and I'm like, wait, why? Like this world is so big and there's so much to do i can just go somewhere else like and try and just explore it and do so many other things so so far that's that's one of the things i'm loving so far 
yeah, just the discovery in this game is just unprecedented. Un, I can't say that word now for some reason. Unprecedented. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's definitely like one of the big draws for me is like, you know, just running around and you find something, even if you see something off in the distance, you like. You know, I wonder if I can get there doing this, and then when I get there, if I do this and then do that, will this happen? And you do it all, and it all works, and you're just like, oh, man, that was so fucking cool. <laughs> it's just, it's a very satisfying feeling. It's very, like, and it's, you know, I mean, one of the things, and we can get to this a little later, one of the things that I was worried about were some of the dungeons. Talk about that a little later. But it was like that, like, that feeling of discovery and the satisfaction you get from finding things and solving things and all that kind of good stuff um that feeling like truly trumped some of the bad stuff in the game that i was like yeah i don't really like that but it just it like not that i discarded it and said oh this game is a 10 out of 10 because of this stuff no it's just like i don't know like the satisfactory feeling you got from doing some of that stuff was just it was overwhelming uh so you know how did you feel ryan uh, I, I think Mike kind of just like either read my mind or just stole my answer. I, like I don't know how because he you looked can't at your see paper, my papers that I wrote down, but somehow he just fucking like he was, he was I, I literally couldn't say it better myself. Like I, honestly, I was pretty baffled. Like I know back when they first started talking about Breath of the Wild, they had made comments saying like, "Oh, the map in this game was gonna be fucking huge," but like. As soon as I got out of the tutorial area, I, and I looked at the like overworld map, I was astounded. Like you know, you see shit off in the distance, and like at first it doesn't really seem like I'll ever be able. Yeah, to it's like there. oh no, that's like, that's that's, 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 that's off that's the map. Painting. But no, yeah. you will end up making it there because this is just one huge journey. Which, uh, like like you were saying, like you know, it's one huge journey of discovery, and there's just so much to do in the game now it kind of leads into some of the bad things that i don't like about the game but obviously we're not talking about that right now so i'm not really going to comment on those but that also like the game is gorgeous like the art style is great it doesn't look like fucking wind waker quite so much anymore which i hated that art style i hate everything about wind waker actually so fight me if you want i don't care <laughs> but I think this game is to your opinion. Like I said, fight me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I'm literally I had to take a breath, a, a breather of of the wild, of the of, of the realization <laughs> of like how and huge the and vast this game was. <laughs> I knew it. Um, yeah, I mean, like one of the things that got me, you said you mentioned the map and how big it was and how they were talking about that. I remember. I read an article and it showed a picture and it literally had these little squares on it. it had like black square, red square. And then there was like this just overlapping green square that it looked like the thumbnail for the picture. And then you read what each color represented. It's all like, oh, this was Twilight Princess. This is Grand Theft Auto V. And the green is Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, that's horseshit. And I remember when I, just like you, when you got into the overworld and you looked at the map, and I'm looking at, you know, because obviously you have to kind of reveal the map, you know, nothing like Far Cry type of uh, towers climbing up, revealing, you know, all good. Ubisoft uh, revolutionized that. <laughs> uh, but when when I looked at the map on the, the little menu screen and I saw it and I'm looking at it, I'm like, I think this is even bigger. And one of the things was for me, whenever I look at an in-game map and I see it, a lot of times I'll be like, 
oh, that's it? Like, okay, yeah, that's big, but that's it? Because everyone always talks about how big their map is, how huge and open it is and everything. And I'm just, like, disappointed. Like, that's it? When I saw this map and I thought there was even more to it, the, once I started exploring and unlocking all these areas and I realized that that map is it, I didn't have that feeling of disappointment. I was like, yeah, that's plenty. That is plenty to go around and just journey around, especially with how much there is in the game to do. It's just, it I'm is. I'm gonna lie, crazy. where you were heading with that, I thought you were about to say I was totally just like disappointed. Like, <laughs> once I unlocked the entire map, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I thought this game was gonna be so much bigger. Yeah, oh, like man. what a disappointment! It's so tiny that, that they lied this to me in that bullshit. damn thumbnail. <laughs> it was ten out of ten, damn it. Ten out of ten. Um. So I guess let's jump into the bed. Uh, so I, I think I know what a lot of you guys are going to say. Yeah, I think about the bed. It's probably going to be universal here. Yeah, I think nope. so. Um, so let's uh, let's start with Ryan because I think he's been the most outspoken about it. Nope. The bad, Ryan. The bad. There's well, there's probably a couple things I'd want to note in terms of what I think's bad about that game. A uh, I was talking to Tom about this earlier, too. See, I was cheating. I was preparing myself for this shit. <laughs> uh, is the durability system. I think... I, I personally hate durability systems in games because I think it's just a waste of an attempt at making the game more realistic when it's completely unnecessary. I don't like the fact that, you know, you start off with this weapon. I'm like, oh, cool. It does, like, six strength. I go up to an enemy, and after like three three jabs at the enemy, who I haven't even done half health yet, the weapon breaks, and I'm sitting there like defenseless because I got nothing. Thumb up your ass. <laughs> yeah, literally a thumb up my ass, and Link is just sitting there like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking take a hit, and you're already dead. Uh, which just uh, brings me to my next white point. Guy, Mimi over here. Or I feel Mimi. like I just said Mimi. I always Mimi. do that. Yes. Meme. Um, Meme. Another thing I don't really like is just like. Now, there's going to be people who are going to do the three heart challenge, right? They're going to try and beat the entire game without getting any more hearts in that game. Well, I think that's I feel like, kind of been done, hasn't it? Someone I th- beat it in I four think minutes. So. And this is, this is why it's personally not... Well, this is more of another personal complaint I have with the game. Is the fact that, like, almost every enemy you encounter kills you in one hit. Uh, regardless... Like, well... I shouldn't say regardless, like, because I know you can level up your armor, which I haven't really done too much. But, like, knowing that I could go up against this little dinky enemy and, and he's going to jab me and that kills me in one hit, I think is kind of annoying. Especially when, like, different types of enemies, they're more like palette swaps, I've noticed. So, like, you'll be in, like, a beginning area and the enemy not, might not do too much, like, heart damage to you. But, like, if you go to another area, you think you're running into the same guy. He gives you a swipe, and then you're dead. And you already have to restart from wherever the game last saved for you. I don't really care too much for the fact that, like, until I had probably, like, ten hearts, every enemy killed me one hit, one shot, one opportunity. What's what's that Eminem song? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm completely blindsided by that reference. <laughs> Um, no, but the, the well, I have one more comment I was going to make. This is the other right. thing that bothers me. The control scheme. Uh, well, I shouldn't say the control scheme. It's I'll be in the middle of a battle, and let's say I need Link to do a backflip. For some odd reason, when I'm pressing down and B, Link decides, hey, 
let's do a side jump instead <laughs> and jump right into their goddamn sword and then die in one hit. <laughs> Wait, so that, that is something that I've heard Universal uh, complaint about is, and I think it has something to do with the camera angle because a lot of times, so what I do is, especially in a fight that I know I need to do the backflip, I always make sure to angle the camera to the, the very back of Link. But I noticed not kind of annoying if I drop, that you still have to think yeah, to do that. Because if I drop the lock on and I relock on, the camera shifts to the side. And when it does that, for some reason, the, the analog stick is registering that because the camera's at the side. You're doing a side move instead of a back move, even though you have the analog tilted directly back. Um, don't know if they could patch that. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't drop my, really... my focus on an enemy. And I still run into that problem. And speaking of the focus and the ca the the camera controls, the controller, uh, uh, blanking on the word now. The setup, the controller setup, whatever you call it, I'm completely lost. The control um, scheme. Control scheme. Thank you, Jesus. I wish. I mean, in this day and age, most games, m majority of games, have that you can do your own custom setup. And you can have all your buttons wherever you want them. They allow you to switch one button. One button. I was like, this is, like, come on, dude. We are in the next gen here. Like, get with the time. I didn't notice that, actually. Yeah, like, I would like, a cus especially because for someone who's a primary PlayStation user, X is pretty much universally known as Jump. I, I can think of very few games that do not use that button as Jump. And so you press it and you start from, running. Yeah, which is the irony here is in in Zelda, X is jump, but X is where triangle is. Right. I mean, to be fair, to give them a little credit, not much, nope. a little credit, they did allow oh. you to swap that, which this I did. This is the bad, damn and it. it. And it helped. <laughs> this is the bad. We do not give them credit here. No devil's advocate. Hey, you gotta I don't give... think I was able to actually get that to switch, though. And see, now, switch. I. I had um Really you can't swap it on the Switch? No, you you can. I well, maybe shit, you didn't man. find Tell it. Me how to do that. It's in the options menu. Jesus. I looked around <laughs> for like ages. I um it. I was debating doing it because by the time I had really looked into my cuz I was playing the game so much I didn't want to I like barely ever went into the options menu that screen. I was always in the inventory screen cuz there is a lot of inventory management. Um I pretty much never went to that options menu so I never looked at that stuff to find any of it and I had gotten used to the controller scheme so when I found out oh yeah I can switch the, the jump button to B which is where the X is on the controller for, for, for the PS4 controller for those who don't know um, I decided against it because I was so used to it at that point so I was like you know kind of like a lost hidden perk on me I guess I was about an hour or so in before I figured it out and it, you know, after I switched, I, I did, you know, mess up a few times, but then I got adjusted pretty quick. But, I mean, like I said, I was early on. I was about an hour in or so, I think. Yeah, I do was like guys, 15, 20 hours. <laughs> do, you, do you run into the same problem I have, Tom, on the Switch, where, like, I'll press, like, minus by mistake because I wanted to pull up the inventory menu. Oh, and or you pull just, map. like, I always pull up, like, the wrong thing. <laughs> no, that's just that's just me personally. Oh, I, I do that on Wii U. As well. I keep forgetting to do that. <laughs> I've done that a few times where I was like, nope, I went, I wanted to go into the inventory. Um, I've even done the minus when I wanted to do other things. 
trying to think of what I was trying to do. Maybe something with the D-pad. I can't remember exactly, but I have hit that minus button a few times when I didn't mean to, and I wanted something else. Well, why did they even split those? I don't really understand why they're two completely separate entities versus why don't we just do one whole menu and then both of those buttons just bring it up. Uh, yeah, they could have done that, I guess. I um, assume you know, the, it... uh, they wanted a, a quick button to get to the map. I That's my assumption. I really don't know. Yeah, well, whatever their reasoning for it, um, you know, the controller scheme is what it is, and you cannot change Bad. it. So, <laughs> yeah. The 10 um, out of 10. So yeah, just to just to kind of roll over my complaints real quick, um, you know, obviously the durability thing that's kind of universal. A lot of people do not like it. Um, I'm not exactly 100% against it. I just don't like how easy it is. Like you brought up, you know, um, especially early on in the game. You know, it's like you start off with a tree branch, and you run into this enemy. He hits you once. He pretty much takes you down from three hearts. Even though you're you know, you just started the game. It's not like you have any other way to get hearts. You just started the game. You should at least have an enemy hit you for half a heart. The first dude that hit me took me down to half a heart. I was like, oh, are, this is how this is going. And I hit him twice with a tree branch, took away a quarter of his health, and it broke. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do now? You know, I'm fumbling around like, I have no weapons. What am I supposed to do? Um, and then... You know, if you're any type of hoarder, that mentality quickly takes over in that game. You begin hoarding weapons. You never have enough inventory space. Even after you increase your inventory space, it's never enough. I mean, I went eight shit trying to find the stuff that you need to find to increase your inventory space. And I got it to, like, I think it was, like, 17, 18 slots or something. And even then, I still never had enough room. I ended up accruing like a bunch of royal swords that I was like, oh man, I really like that weapon, I'm not using it. I really like that weapon, I'm not using it. Because it's like you face so many regular enemies throughout just the world that you never want to use these weapons to break them on. You'd rather use them on like a mini boss. Yeah, you want to use them on a mini boss or an actual boss and you're saving them and it's like, okay, well now I came across a brand new weapon that's, you know, oh, I, I need that. It looks so cool. It's super powerful. What am I supposed to drop for it? That's, and just like, what? That's exactly the issue I had. I mean, I don't like the lack of inventory slots or how quickly weapons degrade. But the problem with me was, I mean, I never suffered from a lack of having weapons. I never ran out. But I ran out of weapons that I wanted to actually use. So it's like, I found myself hoarding you know, the ones I liked, and I'm just... The good stuff. Yeah, and so, like, when when do I use this? And it's like, I use it, and then two enemies, and God. it's gone. I'm like, really? Like, now yeah. I gotta go try to find this thing? I mean, and you did help me out. You helped me realize that. Not necessarily some, the weapons, but, well, some of them are, will respawn in the same spot. So if I remember where I got, like... Really yeah, cool. there are certain weapons that will be laying around in the open world that if they're not in a chest and they're planted in that world, they will respawn over time. And it's not even like the great stuff. Well, I don't know, maybe later on, but it, it's it's stuff like, you know, I need something to chop down trees. So, okay, I know an axe is here. Or I need something to mine with, so I know I can continually go back here and get, you know, a weapon to mine with. I didn't mean to derail you. I just want to throw that <laughs> in. 
No, that's that's all right. Um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much like that. I guess that would be like my biggest complaint. I actually had an odd one that I. It, it's like a catch twenty two for me because you know um, checkpoint systems are, they can be really bad or they can just be regular good. Um, I notice in this generation that we live in, most checkpoint systems are very generous, and you don't really have that rage issue of I just spent an hour tretching through whatever I'm doing in this game. And I died, and the checkpoint Souls. didn't checkpoint me for an hour. <laughs> um, there was a moment where I was on a mountain, and I was trying to get to a certain point, and there was a guardian crossing the path that I had to slide down the mountain in front of. So I waited for the opportune moment, blasted right past him, because I was very early in the game, was not ready to take on those guardian things, the walking ones. Um, there was another hill just beyond, you know, so I'm literally like in a U. You know, I'm going down a hill just to go back up another hill. When I get to the top of the hill, on the other side of the hill is another guardian. And they're essentially circling the hill that I'm on now. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I just wait for my opportunity. Well, I waited for my opportunity. I ended up getting caught. And again, I was early in the game. I did not have a big enough stamina wheel that you know, when I was running away from the blasts, I ran out of stamina, slowed me down. And they have perfect shot. Dead. Yep. Killed respawned me on the top of the hill that the two guardians were circling around. Well, that was very it generous. Took me, it took me eight tries to get out of that position because I could not do it. I kept getting caught by these guys. They kept destroying me. And it was like, it, there was, that was you like... You didn't want to just fast travel back to the shrine you were already gone to? Wow. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Tom. I am so proud. God damn it! That's what I do if I'm in a, in a like like dangerous situation. Oh, I don't know. I didn't I just, think of it. I, like you can fast travel literally from anywhere. You yeah, can be one... shooting somewhere and just fast travel. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can be anywhere. You can be in middle combat, which I I, I do like that because most games, oh, you're in the middle of combat. There's no fast travel. Yeah, um, it's very nice. I don't it's know if you guys recall, H5. but <laughs> I was I was like I was playing and I was getting ready to go attempt something, and I was like, you know, before I do this and get caught, and I, I don't know if you guys remember, but I asked you, I'm like, if I get in combat, can I still fast travel? And so, sure enough, when I went for this thing, I got caught and was about to get killed. And I hit fast travel, went to the nearest shrine, and just tried it again until I got it. I mean, the thing is, like like you said, the safe system is so generous. Like, I could have died and just restarted right there, I'm sure. Um, I haven't had a problem with the safe system. Actually, I was about to rage uh, one time when I died. I was like, please don't tell me how to do this all over again. And it started me was right the time where I was. Where you said 10 out of 10? I I don't know. I said that I don't know how many times. <laughs> Every time the game pissed me off. Every time Zelda meme. It has nothing to do with the end game of the game. It's just the Zelda meme ten out of ten. You hear that? You know exactly what it's referring to. <laughs> but uh, what, what were you saying? Me? Yeah. No, I was done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. What were you saying, Ryan? Say, I don't know if I care care too much for the uh, the healing system in that game because you know I'm well. When I think back to playing a Zelda game that I really enjoy, I always think back to Ocarina of Time because that's essentially where I'd started. Like that's probably the first video game I'd ever played, and like I'm so used to the heart system. And you know, you kill an enemy, you break some pots, you find some hearts, you get the hearts, and now I have to cook meals 
because the only way I can get more hearts from random items that are that I'm hoarding, as you called it earlier, uh, I have to go and cook those to actually benefit from whatever effects that they have. I don't know if I personally I care too much for that system. I mean, I can see the benefits from all did the items like, that have uh, like secondary add-ons. Well, did you, to did them. you not like like the time consumption of cooking, the task of took it, cooking, the inventory management of cooking, or just the whole thing in general? You just didn't like just the concept the whole thing of it in general. I don't really like the concept of it personally. I'm a very simple-minded gamer, so <laughs> when I have to sit there and actually think about like what I need to put together for cooking purposes, anything really minute like that, that, that I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big fan I of think, that. I think you're actually the first person I've heard that doesn't like the cooking system. Everyone else loves it. It's interesting. I kind of enjoy it because it's kind of like the, uh, I'm not a huge MML fan, but you know, there's some I enjoyed kind of like Final Fantasy 14. Um, we won't talk about that, but, um, you know, being able to brings a, brings a tear to my, eye. <laughs> it, it's nice to be able to like take a break from, you know, hunting shrines or, or dungeons and things like that. You can go and kind of just like collect a bunch of food and stuff. And I mean, you can also get it, get ingredients while fighting enemies as well. So, I mean, you go back and cook and you can put all sorts of like, um, elixirs or you know food together in order to help so I, I thought it was pretty cool um, that I did have to kind of cheat on I, I tried to find some recipes Cheater. well I say yeah, that yeah. I say <laughs> that but I never had any ingredients to make the cool stuff I wanted to make so it was like useless I'm like Cheater. whatever Cheater. <laughs> I'll just I'll just make I whatever found, I can what I found interesting about the cooking system was so like Ryan mentioned there are certain um, uh, effects that you can cook up. So you can cook up stamina regeneration, um, extra stamina bars, extra hearts, cold resistance, you know, sp uh, speed up movement, stuff like that, right? So if you take, if you, so, and there's a ton of ingredients that each do all the same things. So there's like a mushroom, a fruit, um, a meat, or a fish that all do like one of those effects. And each, each of those like kind of categories, like there's a mushroom for pretty much everything. There's a fruit for pretty much everything. There's an herb for everything. If you take one of each of them and you cook them all up, it'll make like the stupidest recipe there is, but it'll give you the most beneficial effects to it. It'll give you like a um a high level like uh, defense buff for like ten minutes. Now, if you were to actually look up, because I did, you know, after a while, I wanted to see what other recipes were like, because I knew there were many different dishes in the game. I looked up different recipes like, you know, rice balls and soups and um, all kinds of crazy shit. They had like risotto and stuff. like. That. I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Um, and a lot of those, even if you put in, because a lot of them leave room for one extra item. And if you put in that one extra item with an effect on it and you make an effect out of a special dish, it's usually a low level with not a lot of time on it. And I found that interesting because it's like, all right, am I going to sacrifice, you know, am I, am I going to get like the lowest benefits from this for a really cool food? <laughs> or am I just going to throw crap together and get like the greatest benefits for just like something that looks like shit? 
So I thought that was interesting, but um, not to get too far off topic, I just had one more kind of bad. Um, uh, I don't really know how to, like, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but, so I'm not going to mention how many dungeons there are, but I will say, early on, when some of the story stuff is happening, I keyed in on how many dungeons there were because of story elements. And I thought to myself, if there are that many dungeons, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, because of the size of the game and the shrines and everything else you get to do, I wasn't really disappointed with the lack of dungeons, but I was disappointed once I got into a dungeon, and I'm like, at a, it's like a, another catch-22 for me is the dungeons, because they are creative with their puzzle-solving, but they're lacking other elements, and they are kind of short, and I was just kind of like... kind of ah. probably a over-exaggeration, or under-exaggeration, under yeah, there we go. Yeah, I feel like if I can beat a dungeon in like less than an hour, then yeah, it's like you I'm a little underwhelmed. More, you spent more time getting from, you know, oh, I, I see a, a stable off in the distance. It's literally I could walk there in two seconds. It takes you 20 minutes because of the way this game functions. But you get into one of those dungeons and you finish it in like five minutes. And I was just like, oh, man. And there was something I did. I can't remember if I talked to you about it, Ryan, but there was something I did with the first dungeon that I couldn't believe that, like, the way this game is structured, it kind of lets people do this. In the first dungeon, I had 13 hearts. I had two stamina wheels, and I had, like, level three armor. So when I got to the boss, now, and sorry if I spoil this for anyone, but bosses have two phases when you get them down to 50 percent health they go into their second phase spoilers, spoilers i know i'm sorry yeah, i probably wouldn't have said that <laughs> but well yeah whatever okay <laughs> it's I, yeah anyway <laughs> um spoiler cast <laughs> yeah right we need we might need to re retitle this um anyway moving on <laughs> so the first boss fight that i did in three hits I took him down 75% health. He was at a quarter left, and the game glitched him into the second phase. And I just ran over him and hit him. And it was over. And I was like, wow. That I wouldn't really have glitched happened. him into the second phase. He was just... Well, it just... It, you know, it, it, yeah, it forced him into it, because I pushed him way past his his health bar limit. And I, I was like, that's just like... Yeah, like... Well, I don't know. I don't know if... My, I'm wondering if... Like the intention of the game was so that you would go straight for the dungeons, rather than going around and searching for well, okay, but all even the shrines. on that, even on that, I have a gripe because so if you play the game long enough and you get you know really good gear and really good weapons and so on and so forth, it's kind of like a level based system. Like okay, you have thirteen hearts, you have really good gear. RPG says you're level 52, whatever. Because of that, if you go back to areas where you first started in where there were just regular enemies that were super easy to beat, obviously not super easy at the time, but they replaced them with higher level of the same enemies. Like, for instance, the, the little goblin guys, they come in, when you first start, they're just brown-colored. Racist. Um, <laughs> the next level up is blue. The next level up is black, again racist. And then the last level is silver. 
and I went I went back to the very beginning area, and there it was filled with silver enemies. So it's like if you could up the regular enemies, why couldn't you adjust the bosses based on my gear and hearts and all that? Well, I'm wondering if it's more of a uh, so you have the main game itself, which is to go through the dungeons, whatever, and then you beat the game, right? Versus, you know, if you go and you start grinding out, finding your shrines, and you get the orbs, and then you go and you level up your stamina, and you go and you level up your hearts, and then you go and while you're doing that, you run into big tougher enemies, and those tougher enemies drop the better weapons, and then you have these weapons that destroy even, well, I, I guess I can't say that for sure because I'm not far enough in the game, but currently, spoiler alert, the Master Sword, which I feel like is ass currently, because its strength is only 30, and I have weapons that are like 60, and supposedly it may or may not get stronger later on, I don't know. I um, just I just want to note real quick, my spoiler was less spoilery than your spoiler. I said spoiler, <laughs> but we're already changing the name spoiler cast, we're just going to go with it. But, uh... Yeah, no, I just, I, I think the intention is that if you do go on a collectible hunt versus just play the main game, then, yeah, I think you're going to notice that it's significantly easier when you do return to the main quest. Yeah, you're essentially but, overpowering yourself. You're staying exactly. on Destiny Island for 80 levels. Yeah, you're... You're spamming the Titus fight. Mike Mike doesn't get that reference just yet. He will. Very soon, folks. Very soon. So um, I think I told real... him about it when he was playing Kingdom Hearts 1. Oh, did... Oh, did... Wait, he did play Kingdom Hearts 1? Yeah, yeah I did. Oh, I thought you hadn't played that one yet. Anyway, well, anyway, off subject. I always, I always um, grind that to first time, by the way. Let's, let's not miss game. Mike here. What is... You know, <laughs> you, you mentioned the... the Durability inventory system as one of the bads. Do you have anything else for for bad? Oh yeah. The <laughs> well, <laughs> he's got a lot more. We're gonna no. mute him real quick. Ten no. out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten, guys. No, and and it's not that bad because it it hasn't come up too much yet. But I absolutely hate the motion control <laughs> in this game. I hate it with a passion. Yeah, I didn't even think about ten that. Out yes. Ten. Yes. I have nothing else that, to say those, about that. Those, those motion control puzzles, man, 10 out of 10. Best things in the world. Have yeah. they not figured out yet? Sorry for cutting you off. No good. Have they, not, have they not figured out yet that people do not like <laughs> motion control puzzles? I, I <sighs> Sorry, getting a little No, I, I, I disagree with that, what you said specifically, because I feel like some games do do it right. But this game no. does not do game. it Bring right. Bring me a game. I will bring you a game later. <laughs> the, the, the one thing, what frustrates me the most is when you force it upon. Like, I have a pro controller. I went, long story, I'm not oh, even yes, into it. This I loved. I had to go buy a pro controller for my Wii U in order to play. So I'm playing. The game literally makes you stop and gra grab your gamepad in order to do motion control puzzles. It will not let you progress. Like, you have to grab the gamepad and finish these mo motion control puzzles, or, or else, I mean, I guess you can just leave the dungeon, 
I mean, I'm sorry, Shrine. Like they, they couldn't program it to be on the analog stick. It was that difficult no, that they had the, to it keep the it on force, the control. It's to force you to adjust to the Switch because the the regular controller of the Switch, which is not the but you can still the it's Pro not controller, like, is, the tablet. Is the Switch I mean. void of analog sticks? No, but that's not the point. Well, you got analog sticks. They're trying to uh, thrust upon you, probably poor choice of words, uh, <laughs> the motion control of the controller itself. I think it's a... Uh, I remember when uh, Sony came out with the... Uh, what the hell do they call the, the motion and the dual shock? Six axes. Six axes, oh, yeah. Okay. Remember, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's the same way... Backwards as it is forwards. <laughs> so yeah, and they were you know shoehorning that into like games. I think didn't I don't know if you had to use it, but even Uncharted had it at points, didn't it? Uh, the first Uncharted game did have it, and it was locked until the remake. They okay. took it out in in the HD version. So yeah, that's. I mean, I, I, I actually don't funny story. It. Funny story about that too. When I had gotten, because I didn't get Uncharted right away when I first got my PS3, and I accidentally broke my well, I shouldn't say even accidentally. I broke the controller, right? Threw it the wall. And I went out, <laughs> I went out and I got a spare controller. Uh, well, not a spare, a third-party controller. It did not have six-axis support, so now when I played Uncharted, I could not throw grenades. Wow. <laughs> that's terrible yeah i had to play the whole game in crushing mode no grenades yeah. 10 out of 10 <laughs> I, I just don't get it. i mean you know giving players the option if you, if you know some people like that kind of stuff and the only reason i hated it is i, I don't know how it is on, maybe it controls better on a switch um, no i mean i guess i guess people <laughs> no. should realize now i'm the only one Negative. playing on wii u wrong um both of you guys have the switch version um like, there was puzzles where I was, like, turning the freaking thing upside down and, like, just, like, what am I doing here? I can't oh, even see God. the screen yeah, had... at this point. Yeah, I had same thing, although, you know, because I, I could see the screen because I was playing on my TV. You, obviously, unfortunately, have the gamepad, which, dude, I had, at certain, at certain puzzles, I had the controller, like, upside down and in such an angle that I had to, like, preciously hold it still while I released one hand. To go yep. and press B to back out of the motion control. Yeah, thing. I've had that happen a lot. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, and like I said, you know, to give them a tiny bit of credit, I, I haven't That's run so into... Nice. <laughs> I haven't run into too many of them. I mean, I've probably got a handful of them so far, but I still have a ton of shrines to do, so hopefully it doesn't come up too much more or even better hopefully i've gotten rid of the harder ones and the rest are just cakewalk i don't know we'll we'll find out yeah to, to be fair to uh to give them some credit yes they, i i've done i think it's like 98 shrines um i have oh. only run into a single handful of them um some of them yeah they are worse than other ones some of them are a little easier and a little more lenient but I mean, still, like, guys, come on, man. It, even okay, so okay, let's say, playing devil's advocate, let's just say there are people out there that like motion control. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
if you do like the motion control, great for you. Good for you. It's in there, right? But give the people who don't like it the option to use just the analog sticks. I don't see anything wrong with that. No, I don't either. I, I completely agree. Like, I mean, I know it's a feature in your, in, well, I guess both of your devices, but you don't have to. Stuff it down your throat. You don't have to try and sell it. Like, exactly. If, pe- yeah. if people like that type of stuff, they're more prone to go and buy games that focus on that. Like, don't shoehorn it into games that don't need it at all. Yeah, like one, one, two, switch. Plenty of people bought that and are playing it. Exactly. I think. Has has that actually uh, the motion the motion controls? Has that actually affected you at all with um, using the bow or using your camera, your focus? Because what I've I've noticed is that I'll be going to aim my bow at an enemy, and because the motion control is added on to aiming your bow uh, for some reason it always defaults to moving upward and it gets oh, really annoying oh, when i'm trying actually... to focus on enemy's head and because of the motion control i can't do that huh. at first i actually thought you were talking to mike because of the gamepad um there is an option to turn that off in the options because i noticed that when i pulled out um when you do like the the binocular type scope and you're looking at the landscape through the the Sheikah slate thing he automatically goes to look up yeah yeah because it's motion controlled right well i was like the second i did that i was like oh my god this has got to stop um and i think it was i think alex told me about it alex someone told me about it because i i didn't think to go into the menu to look into it and someone told me about it and i went into the menu and that's that was one of the things that i did change like right away probably like two or three hours into the game because it was annoying the crap out of annoyance for so long (laughs) yes you can turn that off unfortunately that's the only motion control you can turn off you cannot turn off those motion control puzzles as mike has had to suffer painlessly with the (laughs) gamepad yeah see i i guess i didn't run into that very often because i've been like i've been playing with the uh the uh pro Pro controller. controller so yeah um i try to play i've been playing probably like 90 percent of the game that way if if I'm tired and I'm getting ready to go to bed soon, I'll lay in my bed and play on the gamepad. Um, which, you know, I I haven't played much on the Wii U. But, and actually, I don't know how it looks on the Switch, but the game doesn't look that bad on the Wii U. The only thing I do notice, like, a little pop-in. Um, like, mostly like when I'm Mary gliding. Poppin? Huh? Like Mary Poppin? <laughs> ignore him (laughs) when when i'm like gliding and like i'll be gliding and i could just see like a tree or an enemy pop in all of a sudden like oh that's kind of weird but that's you know it's not a big deal so that that's pretty cool that they were able to i hope it didn't hold back from the switch version um but i'm glad that the wii u uh owners have got a pretty decent experience on there I personally have been incredibly impressed by the draw distance on the Switch. Um, I mean, like you're you're doing PlayStation Three stuff that like that was one of PlayStation Three's biggest things was all oh, draw distance. You know, look at you know on the Xbox, those are clouds out there. On the PlayStation, you can see every little detail on that mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll be standing on one end of the map and I'll be looking out to the other end, and you can see shrines all the way out there, and I'm like. You can see guardians walking around. I'm like, holy crap! Like, 
I I've been thoroughly impressed by the tech in the Switch. Um, for the price point, I think it's worth it. Um, if you want to argue games, then yeah. If you even get into that mindset of oh, there's no games for it, I'd say don't get it. Wait, wait for the future. I think it'll have some really good games on it in the future. That's why I got it. I mean, yeah, absolutely had to play Zelda, but there are other games that I'm already looking forward to that you know have been announced. Um, other games that I think will be announced that I'm looking forward to. But I mean, the, the tech is impressive, especially for the price point. I think it's it's a good buy. Although I will say, if you do get a, a Switch, either force your friend to buy an extra Switch controller if he wants to play with you, or just don't break your controllers, because the price point on the accessories is ridiculous. That is a complete ripoff. Bullshit on you, Nintendo. Bullshit. That that was part of the reason I decided against getting one too because I knew I would need a uh, a pro controller and then I saw that you needed the um, a different grip in order to charge while you play um, yeah and it, because of that actually um, I've decided I'm probably never going to get a pro controller instead I'm just going to wait hopefully prices will drop and I'm just going to get that the the grip that has the USB charge on it because I, I'm actually pretty comfortable playing with the grip and the, the little uh, Joy-Cons. I almost forgot what they were called. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really mind them. The little not, dog controller. They're not as, they're not exactly as comfortable as say a PS4 or um, an Xbox One controller. But I, I don't know. I'd compare, I, I'd compare it to using a PS3 controller. I mean, there were times where my my um, pinky and ring fingers would cramp up because they were like slipping off of the edge of the controller. Now I don't have that issue with the PS4 one, but I mean, people are thinking I'm gonna ha- be a hater because I don't have a Switch. But I, I actually said this after I, you know, played at PAX. I didn't. I don't think I love that controller, but I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I don't think anyone's ever gonna come out and be like, "Oh, it's the greatest controller ever invented." Yeah. No. I think personally, if you if you are playing um, with just the Joy Cons and no grip at all, you either have to be a midget or have really small hands to not consume those controllers in your hands. <laughs> like it's it's they're tiny and they're dinky. Not gonna lie, they are tiny and dinky. Okay, like I can't imagine anyone playing with just them. I really can't. It's just. I don't know. It's just the Joy-Cons themselves? Yeah, just just them. No doggy paddle thingy. No dog face? No dog face. Yeah, no, all I, all I was saying about it, because, like, I, I never really wanted to give the impression that I said that I, like, really loved the controller or anything, but I just think it's surprisingly comfortable given the size of the controller itself. Yeah. With with the doggy face, I should I should add. Yeah, that doggy face, man, changes the world. The, the <laughs> conveniency of being able to just switch it to the tablet form is kind of nice. But what I don't like is the fact that I need to take the console itself out of the uh, holder just to turn it on. And then I can put it back in, and then switch over to my TV format. 
I haven't had a problem with that. I've turned I my have. system on from the from the dock. That's uh is that a known issue? Is that like oh, I don't know. Like, like, I've had a problem with that. Icon? I don't know, I haven't looked into it. I'm just saying. Like I every time I wanna take it out of sleep mode, I need to take the tablet out and then turn it on and then put it mm. back on the dock. And you've you've had like the controllers in your hands, you've hit like the home button or whatever. Yeah. And nothing. Oh, interesting. I, I actually maybe after this podcast, I'm I'm gonna look into that see if that's like something going around. Just like, because I mean the left, as you know, the left Joy-Con had serious issues. Still does. Still does. People were actually talking about um some kind of recall for that left Joy-Con. Before you continue, what do you guys say we take a quick break? No, I'm down for that. Okay, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. topic uh one thing i kind of want to talk about not so much the game but the scores 10 out of 10 pretty much across the board uh how do you guys feel about this like where would you put it on a scale if you were forced at gunpoint to grade zelda what would you grade it as and secondly remember you're, you're you're being held at gunpoint here secondly how do you feel about the industry just raving about this and that one madman who dared to give it a seven out of ten? Uh, Mike. I, uh, hmm. Do you have a gun question. to your head? Gun to my head? At, at this point, it, I, I don't know if I should say this, but, um, well, screw it. Um, we've already spoiled a little bit. I've only completed one dungeon. So that might let Gun you know. Gun is still to your head. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so I mean, if I had to score it right now, um, I'd probably say an eight. That was wrong with you. Ten out of ten, man. And, Come on. Uh, <laughs> you know, and keeping in mind that you know I would use the full scale. You know, I'm not like you know seven is a bad game up until ten is a great game. You know. Eight's a good score, and you know, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's just you know those little things that irritate me. You know, have, do knock it down a little bit. I mean, we've I don't want to keep bashing this stuff. Knock it down a fair two points, yeah. I think it's fair. I mean, it could come back up if you know the rest of the dungeon and the final boss battle will amaze me. It could it could come up if I run into more more stuff that you know I haven't experienced yet. There's there's a chance, but as of now, I think eight's a fair score. And how do you feel about the rest of the world reacting to all the ten out of tens, including the seven out of ten? Well, it's like I said earlier. I mean, people are ridiculous. It's like, why do people still care about scores? Like, I could give two shits about what other people score a game. What's that? <laughs> so as he gives his own score for the game. <laughs> you guys put oh, a gun, a gun, gun to my head. head. Come on, I know. We we're supposed to say that thing. You just got that. Like, the sleep ass station or some shit. 
Which okay, I mean, so I got uh, just, yeah. just to finish up. You know, I, I got no problem with people saying you know the game's a ten out of ten. That doesn't mean the game's perfect. If you get a ten out of ten, that just means you liked it. Um, you know, a lot more than most games. You know, it, it could still have flaws and be a ten out of ten. This game just had, you know, some flaws that I couldn't overlook, and I, I don't think it's the greatest game ever. Um, having tons of fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think we. Sh- should probably talk a little bit more about some of the things we did like because we kind of bashed on it longer than we, <laughs> you know, yeah. talked about the good parts. But you know, yeah, that being said, bit. you know, I just <laughs> look. The game's gotten enough good press, all right? Come on, it, needs, it deserves a good beating. That's true. <laughs> I mean, people should know the stuff that they're going to be experiencing. That's not going to be the greatest thing. Like, you know, I watch you and I watch a bunch of Giant Bomb content, and there's. You know, Dan Reichert on there, who's just in love with the game, and, you know, he hardly yeah, ever felt, says anything um, bad about it, so it's... I felt it was good to have... I haven't listened to the Giant Bombcast, the recent ones, because I've been so caught up in Zelda. Mm-hmm. I have gotten a chance to catch up on the Beastcast, and Jeff was on there recently, and he and Dan were talking about Zelda, and he was not as enthusiastic as Dan was about it. He kind of... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say really bash. He didn't really bash it. But he had his dislikes, and it was more. And of... he even said he even said he was coming around to some of the things, but mm-hmm. he had a fair criticism of the things that he did not like. Yeah, and he was kind of questioning. He was like, you know, what you know, am I missing something? Because people are just like gushing over this game, but I, you know, I I have my issues with it. So, you know, maybe it's just me. But you know, the things he mentioned all made sense. Of why he yeah. didn't love it. So, you know, that that's personally how i feel about review scores i don't really care i think they're a thing of the past but yeah in keeping with tradition ryan all right tom you're up next no what's your score we, we put the gun to your head now i hold uh, the gun the is... okay <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 obviously guys i didn't get shot thank god <laughs> No, no, but no, um, if I had to give a realistic score uh, based on what like I've discussed personally and some other things that I don't think I've commented on yet, like the uh, relatively bland boss battles, and that might just be what like you were talking about earlier with uh, like overpowering the boss in four hits. But you know, if a boss Correct. battle is that short. And I haven't really gotten to take the time to like have to worry about the mechanics of the boss battle. Then it's a bit bland to me. So kind of with, with like those things in mind. But we also didn't really comment on the story itself. And even though the beginning was a little predictable, I actually enjoy watching the cutscenes. I think so far it seems like it, it's done a pretty good job in engaging me in the story of the game, given that it's an open world game. I think that it deserves a little bit more credit in terms of story. So I'd probably give it uh I'd probably give it an eight and a half. Um, we don't do half points here, but I'll accept it. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna take that <laughs> eight and a half. Just because like Mike said, I mean some of the problems that the game has, I I wouldn't wouldn't really wanna overlook it. Like the durability system is was pretty much an annoyance for the first like I don't know, probably like fifteen out, ten to fifteen hours of playing the game. <laughs> like it, oh, yeah. it really shouldn't feel like it takes that long to get over something like that. But for me, it did. 
and then the motion controls and just kind of everything else added together. So, I got yeah. a quick question. When you say get over it, like, like I've got, I'm not I mean, saying, I'm I'm not saying you're okay where, with the system, but you're, you've accepted it as what it is? I've accepted it as what it is, and I have weapons that, like, most, like, I have a full arsenal of weapons now that, like, they're all higher strength, so it doesn't take as many hits to kill an enemy. So it lasts me longer. Now, if I run into a, a really powerful enemy that takes a like crap ton of hits to kill, then I mean, you're I'm out about five to, weapons. I'm out about five weapons, <laughs> so it's still an annoyance. But it usually drops like three or four weapons as a result. But yeah, some of the mini bosses are nice if you want a weapon farm. I will say that. Not so. that they should need to be that way, but um, so yeah, what was your kind of reaction to the the world reacting to uh, Breath of the Wild? I don't think any of us are really going to disagree that people are just playing ridiculous. So pretty much, uh, I can understand. I can understand the whole fact that you know these people really love that game, so they're going to give it the ten out of ten. But I also think that just because someone disagrees with your opinion, you shouldn't go bashing them or sending them death threats because they have a different opinion than you. <laughs> Maybe I'm misremembering yeah, this. Much. I'm not sure, but I feel like everyone I talk to. And the reviews when Skyward Sword came out were like pretty much through the roof. Everybody was loving it. And then like I don't know what the hell happened, but like everyone a, hated it all of a sudden. A, a sw- yeah, like a switch turned on and everybody was like, "No, this game is not that." No, game. Like, oh, 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 you turned on. That's what happened. <laughs> and it was like everybody just kind of like flipped. Like you know, this game almost to the point where they were saying the game sucked. Not quite. They were, you know, saying it wasn't a great Zelda well, I game. Think, uh, you know, I, I will say, in Skyward Sword's defense, um, which is ironic because this is literally the only thing I remember from it. I don't remember the story. I don't remember the environments all that well. I remember I had a lot of fun with it. And I remember, and if this is everyone else's problem, I don't think they should bash it for it because I didn't bash it for it. But I remember... From the from start to about fifty percent, like on the nose, the motion controls were working perfectly. When I rolled a bomb, it rolled the way I wanted it to roll. When I did an attack, it did the attack I wanted it to do. Once I hit oh, hit past that fifty percent mark, all of a sudden the motion controls went out the window. I became so frustrated I almost threw my Wiimotes at the goddamn wall because it wasn't doing what I was telling it to do. I'd roll the bomb forward, it would roll off to the right or the left. I'd tell it to do a spin attack, he'd do like a vertical slash. And it was it was beyond frustrating, but it never ruined my experience. I still felt the dungeons were good, they were pretty solid. I felt, uh, from what I'm recalling, I felt like they were short, but I also felt that way with Twilight Princess. And it's kind of funny because, like I said, like it's it's almost like a repressed memory between Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. I had a good time with them, but they just they didn't they didn't stick in my memory. They never held a place kind of like I mean Breath of the Wild has kind of already taken its place. Um and and so did Ocarina of Time all those years ago. I can I can remember points in that game that like for my memory is astounding. It's like how the hell do you remember that? You smoke too much pot to be able to remember that far back. Two years later, what what what's Breath of the Wild? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, but it sounds really good, man. 
Actually, you were talking about the, the camera and the Skyward Sword, and that just actually reminded me of something else that bothered me a little bit in Breath of the Wild. Um, uh, the runes. Um, there's a rune that allows you to stop time Spoilers. for an item. I mean, you get it at the beginning of the game. <laughs> uh, but there's a time where, like, I was doing some... Uh, some puzzle where essentially I had to hit a uh, like a like a ball into onto some platform really far away, and the only reason it was a struggle is because the freaking oh, the camera won't stay still for me to hit the damn ball in the direction I want to hit it. Like I'll lose the angle, and then I'll have to like retry and position Link, but. By the time I'm going to actually hit it from the right angle, like the time is already up, and then it just gets knocked. Wait a second! Did I did I miss something? You can move Link once you activate it on the pillar, like that little pillar device you go up to to activate the motion control. You can move Link after you've done that. That's not the motion control device. But wait, hold on. What are you talking about? And talking about the camera, your camera. You can move the camera while you're doing the motion controls? This has nothing to do with motion controls. I'm so lost. You stop time for an orb. That orb you need to hit, like, with a weapon to send it flying. But because Link can't oh! focus on the orb, oh, okay, I, see what you're saying. I, you I will know. not aim okay. in the direction I want to hit the orb. And then by the time the timer's up, I, I didn't either didn't hit it hard enough or it's already aimed in a different direction. I can't fix it in time and it just goes flying wherever. Okay, I got uh, – sorry about that. I got a little confused. Um, yeah, I had – I've had a few issues where uh, um, a lot of the times I feel like I waste the first like twenty some odd seconds of that stasis because I'm like, okay, he's he's his shoulders just slightly to the right. No, let me let me back him up and recenter him, and then okay, no, now he's to too much to the left. Let me back him up, recenter, and then like you said, yeah, you start hitting it, and you don't hit it hard enough, it doesn't go anywhere. Especially there is, um, I don't know if any of you guys have encountered it yet. There's these large blocks of slate that will be laying on the ground or like covering something mm -hmm. um you have to stasis them and then beat the shit out of them and you have to get to them to that point of red in order to move them otherwise they pop up for like two seconds drop back down some of them are so low on the ground you can't hit them with a regular sword you have to like do jump attacks non-stop and it's like well how am i supposed to do enough jump attacks in the time frame that i have the stasis in order to knock this thing off of the area that i need it off of Kind of, kind of ridiculous. Um, I, and for that reason, I really haven't messed too much with the slate stuff. Yay! Yay! Um, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. So I guess my score. Well, before I even get into score, um, one thing I found funny was, yeah, I was watching all the, well, not all of the press coverage, but I saw some press coverage. I saw a few trailers, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be good. I was so pumped for it, so psyched. And, like, a week before the game came out, all the reviews started flooding in. And all you ever hear, all over any kind of social media, any gaming website, oh, it's getting perfect scores. It's getting perfect scores. Everyone's giving it a perfect score. Famitsu Magazine gave it a perfect score. 
Um, you know, a lot of people go to that one as like the end all be all. Is it a perfect game? Kotaku. <laughs> that's that's not even funny. <laughs> um, she laughs. Yeah, so it was like you know I'm seeing all this stuff and I don't know I had I had like that kind of weird thought like of you know good for the game that's great that it's getting all this great press and great reviews but I want to sit down and play with it to see how I feel about it yeah which was kind of weird for me because a lot of times I will be like I'll be like oh you know what did what did the reviewers think of it and I didn't really care so much what people thought of it I just wanted to play it myself because of what I I'd already seen. I don't know, it's kind of weird, but um, as for score, I yeah, really go ahead. Remember that. Yeah, right. Um, I hadn't really thought about this too much, even coming up with this question. I had not thought of what I would give it. Genius idea. Um, or I guess you know. Gun to your head. Throw out the number. God damn. Throw it now. I get. I'm. I'm good with now. eight out of ten. This is kind of like seems to be our universal Bam, opinion of it. There's blood yeah, all over right. right now. You're dead. Eight, eight out of ten is for me. It's good because I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have given Ocarina of Time a ten out of ten as much as I love that game. And That's you know, just I could my childhood. I could make the argument that a ten out of ten, no game will ever be perfect, and I feel that. Any journalist who gives a game a 10 out of 10 or a 5 out of 5, whatever your score rating is, when you give it something like that, that praise, you're basically saying that, no, it's not perfect, but there's so much fun to be had. Everything works pretty much as it should to the point where you can overlook some slight flaws. To me, there weren't so much slight flaws in this game that everyone was overlooking to me, there were some glaring flaws, like the um, degrade, degrading weapon system, especially because, like you, you said, you came to terms with it, kind of. Um, after, like, God, I don't even know, a hundred hours that I've put into this game thus far, I still have that anxiety of going into a dungeon and or, or any area of the game that I know is going to drop weapons and thinking to myself, oh, God, let me check my inventory oh, God, I have nothing to drop. What am I going to do? You know, okay, if I use this weapon, maybe I'll break it on all these enemies, and then maybe I'll be able to pick up one weapon. And it's like, oh, God, now i got to hunt down more of these items to open up more inventory slots. And it just it became that never-ending battle. It never feels like enough. You never yeah. feel like you have enough inventory slots. Yeah, I mean, dude, like I, I'm, I'm 100% positive I have... <laughs> double the inventory slots of both of you guys. I have like 18 or something. And it's just, they're, they're always constantly filled. And especially like we were talking about before, when you when you first start filling it up and you have like, say, three, four weapons that are all like, oh yeah, I don't care about those. Those are common weapons. I'll use those on regular enemies. And then you break one. And then the enemy you broke it on drops some weapon that you're like, oh man, that's a really cool sword. Boom. There, there, there's a slot that you don't want to lose. Happens again and again. Next thing you know, now you have an entire inventory of all weapons you don't want to lose. And it's like I found myself continuously getting rid of staples that I felt I would keep. I, you know, um, uh, a kokiri leaf was one of my staples, uh, uh, iron hammer, and an axe. 
And I found myself continuously dropping those in order to fill other spaces. And then I would, of course, run into either um, an ore that I had to mine or side missions where I had to cut down a tree or a raft that I had to use wind to, to make it move. And I was like, great, now I got to go fight some enemies to kill this weapon so I can go to this area to pick up a coke relief so I can come back here to do what I wanted to do initially. And of course, with the with the way this game functions, in the middle of trekking from one place to another, you get lost on 30 different things that all take an hour to, to do whatever you're doing. You know, you might get lost in the jungle hunting down enemies. You might get lost on a mountain doing shrines. You might get lost on the side missions that you picked up from some traveler walking past you. There's just so much to it that it's like if, you know, if something like that happens to you, like, okay, I just stumbled across a raft and there's an island out there. I want to get to that island, but I have no inventory space for a coke relief. Well, now I got to go drop a weapon. So it's like, you know, it's it just becomes that, you know, okay, well, if I go over here and fight these enemies and waste this weapon on them, you know, what else is that going to lead to? I could set up this entire plan of how I want to go about this in order to get what I wanted to get done. Next thing I know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I haven't even come close to getting back to my area with a coke relief, and I got to go to bed. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's, that, that to me is a glaring, a glaring problem that, that just never, never went away. And, I mean, even if that's my biggest problem, to drop it by two whole points, I'm still, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Content? Uh, no, like, um, Happy. I'm still, like, over overjoyed this game like i still have a blast with it like an 8 out of 10 shouldn't tell people oh it's not perfect like you know go chew on a bag of dicks the game is a blast all right you're gonna get lost in it (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get lost in it you're gonna you're gonna have a a a great time and you know you're gonna you're gonna boot this game up at like five o'clock in the afternoon and then all of a sudden, the wife, the kids, or the roommate, or just you look over and you see the time, and it's fucking three o'clock in the morning. You're like, "Oh fuck, I got work at six o'clock," you know. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a blast of the time. Um, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much my feelings on it. Ten out of ten. Eight out of ten. Pretty much 10 universally. Out of 10, guys. 8 out of 10, 8.5 out of 10, and an 8 out of 10. Dark Hour Gaming score there. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. So, um, you know, you had mentioned story before, and this was one of my questions. Um, Story and how important is it compared to the journey? Um, I know you guys haven't beaten... I don't know what you mean by that. Well, just, just hear me. I know you guys have not beaten the game. Mike's only done one dungeon. Um, I don't know if you've... I know you've done one dungeon. I don't know if you've gotten to your second one, but... So, the story setup you get in the beginning, some of the early stuff that you get on um, some of the the dungeons, the cutscenes and the memories. um, Like I said, I know you guys haven't beaten it yet, but, like, do you feel like the story is driving you or just running around going on your adventure like what's is it the mass effect game that you know you're like oh man this is such great lore and this is amazing or is it like um 
uh, what's a game that's all about game? Or is it like a Dark Souls game where it's like, I don't care about the lore, I just want a challenge? I would say um, if something was driving me, it would be definitely the story, which is exactly why I have been more focused on doing all the extras and anything to get me away from the story. I feel like this could potentially be one of those games where whenever I do finally beat the game, uh, I'd probably take a slight break from it. Well, I don't know what slight is, considering I have a Gigantor backlog of games to play. I haven't so, touched it in like five days now. I think not completing the game is giving me a good incentive to continue playing. And I mean, I really enjoy the journey. So it's not like that's not still driving me per se. But I mean, anyone that knows me knows that I always play games for story. Like, as much as I liked Mass Effect, I think, ironically enough, why I got lost in the third one was because I wanted to try and do everything, and I got overwhelmed with all the extras in it, and then I ended up stopped playing, which is actually a worry that I kind of have with this game. If I continuously find more and more side quests without completing any, that would probably drive me to stop playing, honestly. That's yeah, a terrifying but that, thought. But that hasn't happened, which is good. I still really like the gameplay. Um, so I've just been going around searching for shrines. Like, I still have stuff to do. But, yeah, I would say the story is definitely what's been driving me the most. I just haven't been touching it because once I finish the game, I will need to go back and start playing other games. What about you, Mike? I'm kind of the opposite. Um, the story hasn't done much for me. It's uh, been kind of all about exploring the world and, you know, checking out what's going on uh, gameplay-wise and, you know, what I can actually do. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but uh, one, one, of the, <laughs> one of the early sort of missions you get, which, uh, not to sidetrack too much, but it's kind of interesting how, like, the first thing they, like, one of the first thing they tell you to do is, like, uh, go defeat the final boss. <laughs> it's like that's one of the first thing that shows. Four up minutes on or you. less. Come on, get on it. <laughs> so, but anyway, the uh, there's a mission to like find these. Uh, I don't know. There's like they want you to find um these areas that Link has been to before in order to jog memories. Memories, yeah. So, you know those things. Like I found like the first one, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, but. Yeah, I don't feel like going to search for these things. Like, even though they give more context to the story and, like, what happened and what he needs to do in order to <clears throat> succeed now. I won't say I didn't care, but it just didn't It didn't do much for me. So, I was more just about finding shrines, finding new enemies, finding new, you know, food that I hadn't, you know, gotten, or insects or whatever I needed to make new stuff. Um, Eating insects. <laughs> what it's all about yeah so like i mean i know that makes it sound like the story is bad it's not i mean from what i experienced so far it just i've never which it's kind of hypocritical of me because everybody that knows me knows my favorite series is and it's so story 
heavy. That it, it, I, <laughs> irony there because you're not good at stealth. Right. <laughs> I suck you didn't even say the game. <laughs> that, I, yeah, I was gonna say I, I let I let Mike take it. I'm not gonna Shut say. Up. I'm gonna let people. If you don't know me, you gotta figure it out. Um, it's kind of all in your, well, not your PSN tag, but all your other tags. Oh god, don't even get me started on that. Like every other tag, I've switched to Big Boss Matters, and now I'm stuck with that one. Oh, you just other. gave it away. Yeah, well, you still gotta <laughs> figure it out, but yeah. So, I, I don't know, like, this game to me is, and maybe it's because of my, I don't have a, that sort of attachment to the history of Zelda. I've played uh, a good amount of the older ones, but I can't really remember, um, you know, the story and what actually happened. There's some people who are like, oh, this happened in the first Zelda, and this, how, this is how it ties into this game and that game, and... Where does it land in the timeline? And I'm just like completely lost when people start talking about that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. Most like, people are. Yeah. That doesn't generally really have relevance with the game, like the current game that you're playing. Though that's really more just people being Can, like. Canologically, it's, it's kind of a mess. Well, I mean, even if you don't know exactly what it is, I mean, when you start thinking about the history and about like you know what sort of happened in this Zelda and, you know, what took place. Like, you guys actually, like, had a discussion when we were in, uh, we were in Discord and we were all playing and you guys were having a discussion about, like, you know, where this game fits or, you know, even if you're just like, you know, where does this game fit as far as your favorite Zelda or whatever. So then you start thinking about, okay, this happened in this Zelda and, you know, this is why I liked it. Like, I don't, I have no sort of attachment to the series. A nostalgic attachment. Right. So, you know, trying to get through the story and, you know. You, oh, and a perfect example, like, I'll be going through and you guys are like, oh, you know, I saw such and such. You know, this is from this game. Cool. Oh, well, like, <laughs> well, like Beetle? Yeah, I mean, if you see yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a, you know, a ton of uh, those sort of, like, throwbacks and, and callbacks. No! <laughs> So, <clears throat> again, that's not to say that it's bad. It's just it's not something that holds my interest. I'd rather just explore that world and, and see what they have to offer. It's it's I thought that was the best part of that game, which, like I said, we probably should mention a few more things that actually <laughs> convince people to want to play this game. I think we've done a good job of highlighting the... Uh, I like the idea of doing podcasts. That are just the bad. Just the bad. <laughs> We're doing a bash podcast <clears throat> on games that don't do so bashing. <laughs> That's the to... uh, deleted button. What the 10 out of 10? That Ryan just hit it. 10 out of 10. Ryan's 10 out of 10. Oh. But what do you think, Tom? Like, well, I mean, I know, well, yeah, before I know we you get were talking to some of the. Yeah, before we get to some of the. the better things that we did enjoy um some of the we can maybe tell some stories yeah um so it, it's funny as okay. far as as far as story goes now i have you know just for listeners at home um i have beaten it uh since i've beaten it i kind of you know put it down and took a break from it um kind of exactly what ryan said he was going to do you know uh just take kind of a long breath from it uh and it's kind of funny because I remember specifically as, regarding the story with Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. When Twilight Princess came out, you know, now Ocarina of Time was such a 
a marvel of its time. It's it's heralded as one of the greatest games of all time. Um, it had a really good story. It had kind of an original story to it because up until that point, there were only like I think two or three other Zelda games that were on. They were either eight um, bit, sixteen bit, or like a handheld. And even though they told a similar story, which every Zelda has pretty much told, a lot of the first, a lot of the first time, like a lot of the Zelda fans that are out there now, their first experience with Zelda was Ocarina of Time. Um, I don't necessarily think like Zelda should change its story format, which kind of sounds bad because it's not exactly go save the princess in the castle from the evil dark forest. Woo! Uh, it's not exactly like revolutionary, um, but. Which is funny because when Twilight Princess came out and they were doing all this Twilight stuff, Twilight Prince and um, you know Ganon as like not a not a prominent figure, all I kept thinking throughout the whole game, not only that I didn't want to play as this wolf, but that this Zant character, um, which I didn't even remember his name up until like a week ago when it was mentioned to me, um, the Twilight Prince dude like. Every moment throughout that game, all I kept thinking of, when is Ganon going to kill him and we're going to get to the real story of Link beats Ganon, Link rescues Zelda. And then, you know, Skyward Sword came about and it was kind of like, you know, the retelling of how the whole world got started. And it kind of like downplayed Ganon. And I don't think Skyward Sword was a bad story. I actually didn't like the Twilight Princess story. I kind of liked like, it was okay, the Skyward Sword story. But it was, like, nothing was really memorable, and it's not like it had to be memorable. It was just kind of like, like, this isn't the Zelda story, which is, like, again, like I said, it's weird. Like, you're retelling the same story over and over and over again. How is it not boring or old to me? Which, like, me as someone who's very into story, that's kind of, like, I guess, hypocriticism. Um... But yeah, so it's like to get kind of back to the roots of like yes, here's you know Ganon has taken over Hyrule in order to you know get Zelda and fix Hyrule. You have to go to the castle. You have to beat him. In order to do that, you gotta you know you gotta do these dungeons, sort the world out, get some hearts, get that master sword, and go kick some ass. Um, all that said, like the 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 touch with the cutscenes having um dialogue dialogue was nice but it was awkward when link was so prominently in the cutscene and they were talking to him and he just stands there with that blank look on his face like duh kind of awkward moments like that which i think they need to fix or work on but like the overall story like i don't know it was kind of like that moment of like okay i got what i wanted it's that classic zelda story of go rescue the princess so it wasn't something that I was all like, oh, yes, you know, this is the greatest story ever. This is so much fun. And looking forward to those moments, it was more like, for me, it was, in this case, it was very much more of the journey of, like, I'm going to discover this world. I'm going to go solve these puzzles. I'm going to go have fun with some Zoras. I'm going to go have some fun with some Gorons. I'm going to climb Death Mountain. And I don't know, like, I don't want to say the story was just there, but... Because the story is an important part, and I was satisfied with it. It's just, I guess it kind of just falls in that gray area of kind of like, 
it was good. It wasn't great, I guess. I don't know. But um, I will say very disappointed with just boss fights. Like story relevance, you know, mechanics and all. Pretty disappointed. Like that was kind of a, a letdown. But so yeah, to to you know move on from the the bad, really get back to some good. Yeah, what were, what were some of the things that like caught you guys off guard that like you had like this experience of like oh man I can't believe I could do that or like you just kind of had like this own your own side adventure your own side mission that you kind of created by just wandering the world or whatever. You want me to tell a story? I want you to tell a story. I'm a terrible storyteller. That was a terrible question. Sit, huh? sit the sit the little children down in front of you. Get the voices going. Break out the monocle. I don't have a monocle. It has to be a monocle. But and a top hat. One. You need a monocle and a top hat. Mike might have one. I think he has one. I do not. Oh my god! How like? You can buy. There's one. never like. I I was more referring to the, the actual story, not the top hat. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh my God. No, I know, I know. I quit. I'm done. Um, I, I, you know, I don't have like any particular like instance or story to tell, but I think one of my favorite things to do so far is just like trying to scale like the biggest like mountain or. So you got to stick your pole in someone's. Mountaintop, huh? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, and he I, likes it. I, that's one of the things I really liked about the game. Like they didn't. I mean, they obviously tried to make it difficult for you to get to certain areas and certain places without you know upgrading your stamina wheel. But if you cook the right food and do things like that, you could still get to where you need to go without having to do that. So nothing's really like walled off until you get like more powerful whatever you can go wherever you want to go and just try and see whatever you want to see and i thought that was pretty cool i mean there might be enemies there that'll you know crush you with one hit but that's i mean that's a majority of the places when you have like three hearts at the beginning or whatever you start out with so i don't know i i, I love trying to get to places where i know i probably shouldn't be but i just thought it was really fun it's that dark souls mentality of I know I'm not supposed to be here, so I'm going to backstab everything I can with the weakest weapon a million times until it's dead, and then get some awesome-ass treasure. I'm not sure that's quite the same thing. That is exactly the same thing. Yeah. To the T! (laughs) It goes back to uh, what you were saying earlier about the save system. It's like, you try that stuff, and you're not really punished that much, because, like, I, you know, there was, like, an area I, I scaled like maybe halfway up to where I wanted to be and I ran into a, an enemy that was like way above my level I mean it it just demolished me with one hit and I was and that's what's me even wailing on it for a while like I was dodging and you know trying to do a good job and thinking I'm doing something and then he's just like nah it's time for you to die little man hits me and I'm done and I'm like well that sucks just backed up and farted in your face. <laughs> so, but you know, I loads back up and I'm like right there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I can't be mad at that. 
Yeah. Um, I actually have, uh, I had like, um, I don't even know what you call it. Like, I guess an experience. Yeah. That I was, I don't know, it's, it's, I don't know how to exactly describe it. Um, so, you know, and this could be a little spoiler for, for the two of you, actually, because I don't think you've actually discovered this quite yet. Spoilers. Um, but you need to. Um, so in one of the early on villages, I was, I forget exactly what I was doing, but I, I was just wandering around talking to some of the villagers and stuff, collecting some side missions. And I remember specifically, I, so, I told myself there was, there was a mountain that I had recently come off of, and I knew it had a lot of mining um, areas, like ore. So I was like, you know what, I kind of, because there was some armor I wanted to buy. So I was like, I, I want to get some of that armor, uh, specifically this, this one of the, um, an, another village I was in, Kakarokia village, has stealth armor that's super expensive. And it was so early in the game, I was like, man, I just kind of want to farm real quick and get some money. So I was looking for a hammer in one of the towns, and I wandered around this house, and I see all these guys using the hammers on it, and I'm like, oh man, I wonder if I talk to them, they'll put the hammer down, and I can grab it. Cause, and what's funny, um, there's been a few instances where I've walked into like a stable or a town, and there's items laying around, and you just grab them, and the closest person near you will be like, what are you doing? And then they'll be like, oh, oh, that's okay, you can have that. <laughs> like, it's so funny, it's like, like one dude, I grabbed an axe, and he's all like, that's my axe! And like Link's just like, huh? And he's like, oh no, you know what? Never mind. That's okay. I can just get another one. I'm like, so you enjoy being like... a thief? That's what you. Yeah, to right. <laughs> but no, so I see these make guys. Make Skyrim. <laughs> I see these guys hammering away on this house, and I'm, I talk to one of them, and he's all like, you know, you get to ask him questions. He's like, what are you doing? And he's, this guy's like, oh, we're demolishing this house. No one's lived in it for years. Demolition. And. So I, you know, Link gets the option. Oh, I'll live in it. So I'm like, the second I see that option, before I even click it, I'm like, no, no way. So I, I click the option. He's all like, I'll go talk to our boss man. I'm like, all right, now I need to find this guy. I walk around, biggest flaming character. I, I mean, he he rivals Tingle in in how flaming he is. Talking to him. And, you know, he gives me the option to buy this house, but for an exorbitant amount of rubies. So I'm like, well, now I really need that hammer so I can go get some stuff. And, of course, the second I'm, I'm talking to him or whatever, he's like, through the dialogue or whatever, he he goes to his, his little workers there. He's like, all right, stop. This dude might buy this house. Let's just go chill by this cooking pot for the next, like, a million days until he brings me the rubies to buy this house. And of course, both guys that were hammering away on the on the house left the the hammer. So I'm like, oh that's perfect. So I grab the hammer, go up to the, the mountain, start taking away at stuff. You know, long story short, I ended up getting enough rubies. I bought a house. I was so happy about it. I walk inside and it's completely like just void of everything and I'm like Wow, I kind of feel like I wasted my money. <laughs> oh, but I mean, eventually you can furnish it and everything. But it's just um, there's another side quest that le leeches off of that one that I found to be 
I don't want to spoil it for everyone because that's the quest that I was like, I got wrapped up in that one for a while, having a lot of fun, and I thought I might get a second house. I was thoroughly disappointed I did not get a second house. But yeah, you can own a house in Zelda. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Spoilers. Oh, man. But yeah, I don't know. That was like just a little adventure I went on, like, cause I was, I don't know, I was just so happy that you could own a house. Like, I was like, that's like greatest feature ever added to to Zelda. You know, put in the Skyrim uh, housing DLC. You know, I don't know. I think uh, I don't have like any specific stories. Like I said, I'm not a storyteller, but I think one of my one of the things I like the most about that game is uh, the puzzles when it comes to the shrines. Uh, it is such a great feeling when you run into a shrine that, like, it seems like it's going to make absolutely no sense. And then yeah, like when it looks you finally really start complex. to think outside of the box, you finally come to the conclusion, and then you're able to solve it, and you're like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I just finished that shit. <laughs> Yeah, some um like that one that you were talking about that you never even actually found out how the solution came to be. You oh just yeah, Mike did all the random got, combinations. You got off it later that night, and Mike told me how to solve it, and I just face palmed. I was like, "Yeah, son of a bitch." I love that. I, I was literally. <laughs> I figured it out in like five minutes. <laughs> I, I was texting Ryan, and I was like, "I was." I had just told him, "I'm like, I'm about to probably quit." And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it just like popped into my head. I'm like, oh my God, this is so easy. Like, how did, how was that not the first thing that I should have thought of when I look, when you look at <laughs> it? Well, you, know, you know, it's funny about that too. You said it's, it's so easy. Um, one of the, like, one of the things I read about the game was, oh, you know, it's got some really challenging puzzles in it. And I, like, I, like they said to start off with, like, there's some really challenging puzzles very early on in the game. I was like going through shrines left and right and I was looking for the challenging one and I, I kind of didn't realize it, but I was having a lot of fun solving them. They may not have like been hard. They weren't exactly not challenging. They were fun though. Like I was just having a blast, like doing some of the stuff you do in the shrines is like, it's very creative. It's very unique. And like, I followed kind of like the beaded line of how you're supposed to solve it. I guess, I guess, I don't know. But I remember I saw a YouTube video the other day of some dude who – so I, for, I I did this shrine. I can't remember exactly how you get to it though. But um, basically the, the, the exit to the shrine is up in the air. So you have to find a way. Like it's just up on like a ledge that you cannot get to because, you know, I don't – you know, listeners may not know. You cannot climb anything in a shrine or a dungeon. You can't wall climb. So – you have to figure out a way up there, and they give you metal boxes that you can use your magnesis on. This dude took two bombs, placed them, took a metal box over it, dropped it on top of the bombs, stasis the metal box, jumped on top of the metal box, blew up the bombs, shot it sky high, and then jumped off the metal box and flew over to, with his paraglider, flew over to the exit of the shrine. And I was like, that's that's really cool. Like, that's, like, you know, really outside thinking. And it's just, like, 
stuff like that has led to so many discoveries i think for everyone like you know um one of one of my favorite discoveries that i was like kind of gushing over was um there's yeah, there's so there's cold and hot areas in the game and depending on your armor you might freeze or overheat there was a early on there's you're pretty much on the side of the map if you, if you follow the beaded path you're pretty much on the side of the map that goes to the the cold mountains and I kind of wanted to go up there and see what was up there, but I didn't have any cold clothing, and I didn't feel like making a ton of cold elixirs. Um, I did, however, have a fire rod on me, and I ended up equipping it, and it keeps you warm. The, just the fire on the fire rod keeps you warm, and it even melts ice around you. And I was like, that's just so cool. Like, I don't even have to worry about armor or elixirs. I'll just keep this on me. Kind of hinders you if you get into combat, but, you know, you can avoid that, but... I don't know, it's just one of those discoveries that I was like, this is so awesome. I, I like It was like that moment that you talk about like going to places that you feel you shouldn't be. That's what I felt like I was doing there. Like just, you know, I, I just launched myself over a giant wall into the end game and I'm like with the big pimps now, like, you know, <laughs> dollar dollar bills, y'all. It, it's pretty cool that they, you know, things work like you would expect them to work like you draw an arrow and you run over you know you wipe it across fire and then use a fire arrow and use a fire arrow to melt ice and you know some games just flat out miss little things like that like yeah the subtle details yeah the things that people think okay common sense says this should work and it's just amazing that oh yeah that actually what does work cool Speaking of common sense, funny story. So I'm on Death Mountain, the hottest place in the game, and I go to, like, I'm I'm in enemy territory and I'm kind of far away from them. So I decide I'm gonna whip out my bow and take a shot at them. Little did I know I had my bomb arrows equipped. Pulled out the arrow, it explodes immediately because of the heat, throws me back into the lava and kills me. Yeah, that's just like when you're running around and that thunderstorm starts and. You know, see your back all of a sudden lighten up with yeah, electricity. You're like, what's, well, what's happening there? And you're you're like, like, why is this freaking electricity like targeting me? Like, can I not be in thunderstorms? Just gotta put your weapons away. And I think like I went into the Death Mountain area and I had a, uh, I had some sort of bow or something on. And next thing I know, like I'm on fire. I'm like, what? What the hell? Like, yeah, put your your stuff that's wood away because you know that burns easy like oh yeah duh <laughs> so yeah that's, it's, that's I, it's, cool. it's funny too because you can also like with the fast traveling and everything um i was in a cold area and i had a wood bow on me I, actually i had a wood shield on me i believe too and i had to go to death mountain for something and i didn't it you know, I didn't think. I just said, okay, let's fast travel real quick. So, you you know, you, you got to prepare. You got to think to yourself, am I going into a cold environment? Am I going into a hot environment? So I warp straight to Death Mountain. Not only does Link start burning, but immediately the shield and the bow broke. And yeah. I was like, oh, I guess I got free inventory <laughs> slots now. Yeah, look at the bright side. And he's like, hey, you want to get rid of some of those crappy weapons? Just run up to Death Mountain, man. 
I think that's Don't my... just like throw it at an enemy or something. <laughs> Speaking of throwing stuff, how, how did you guys feel about the? Well, I guess we could yeah, kind of talk about different uh, weapon types, but specifically the boomerangs. How did you guys feel about the boomerangs? I don't really use boomerangs. I don't either because I, I could never figure out how to catch it. You just gotta mash the the button. I think it's A when it's coming back around. Oh. Uh -huh. Um, I felt like it's funny because I feel like I've been spoiled by boomerangs. Not in Breath of the Wild. Um, in Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess. I think there was one other one. Wind Waker, maybe. I don't know. There was a targeting system for the boomerangs, so you could literally take it, cock it back, and aim it, and then you click where you want it to go. Like you'll, you know, you can't just click anywhere. You have to click on a target so like say you had a switch that you wanted to flip the switch you could target it throw the boomerang it hits it it comes back there is none of that in this game and so it's like whenever i tried to throw it at something not only would i epically miss but it would hit a wall and bounce off somewhere there i couldn't find it and then if i did manage to hit an enemy it would never come back to me and i'm like shouldn't it even though it hits the enemy should it go, like come back to you that's the point of it, and I could it would never come back to me. And I know um, Alex was talking about how he loved boomerangs because he, it, you know, he would hit the enemy and it would come back to him. And I was just like, I don't, I don't get this thing at all. That thing just pissed me off. But um, what are, what are some of your like favorite and least favorite weapons? I think it's a numbers game. I didn't hear I just, anything. We all I just said it's, it's strictly a numbers game for me. I don't really have an opinion based on how each weapon works. I could tell you which ones annoy me, and that's the two-handed weapons, because if I'm up against an enemy that's incredibly fast and I'm using a two-handed weapon that's slow, I almost always take a crap ton of damage because A, Link never jumps the direction I want him to jump in, and B, uh, since like the slash is slow, I have to. I'm forced to switch weapons if I want to have a chance at winning. But besides that, I'm like constantly trying to use whichever weapon has the highest damage output. Well, that because really, that's just what I default to whenever I. Is play that a games. bad thing though? That like okay, a, a heavier, heavier, faster enemy. It's a realistic thing. Yeah, like a heavier, faster enemy is, you know, he's kicking the shit out of me because I don't got my shield out. Maybe I should switch up to a regular sword and shield. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you view it as, like, a bad thing or, like, a inconvenience? It's just an inconvenience. It's not... Like I said, I don't have any... I don't have any love or hate towards the different types of weapons. It's just... It is what it is. What I just you, like Mike? to use whichever weapon has the most strength on it. Um, I guess I'm at the point in the game where... Right now, I'm enjoying using a lot of the uh, guardian weapons or weapons I get from killing the guardians. So a lot of those are what I'm primarily using now. I don't, I don't so much mind the two-handed weapons. It's you know, it's just you just kind of switch your playstyle to accommodate. One of the big things is I'm not very good with my shield anyway. I find myself just holding the shield and I get hit, and the shield is broken in a couple hits. So it's like, okay, yeah, I need to get better at either dodging or you know hitting the uh what do they call fury attacks flurry flurry attacks um which i don't know how you guys are doing with those but i honestly don't get very many of them so i want to 
try relying less on shields to be honest so I could you know get good get better at uh I always countering. I always like having the shield up though just in case. I, I do go for a lot of flurries. Um I kinda practiced for uh the flurries. because uh, there are some enemies that I just I prefer because like they they have such heavy hitting weapons and they hit so hard that it it, uh, it tends to knock some of the weaker shields out in one hit. So I'm like, well, instead of just wasting the shield and just going through five shields in one battle, I can just put the shield away and dodge all his attacks. Let's say I'm perfect with it. There's definitely times I get my ass kicked, but I do like the flurry. Uh, I kind of, you know, I favor pretty much regular sword and shield myself. I do like the guardian weapons, but I do I I hate spears. As far as two-handed go, I drop spears every chance I get. Really? I don't yeah, I don't mind the axes or the claymores. Like I like those. But just I don't like the spears. I don't I know why. I like the spears. Yeah, you can kind of keep your distance with those. Yeah, it's nice. Um I don't know. There was I can't think of it now, but there was something that just like put me off to the the spears that I was just like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. Could be their damage output. They got they do have the lowest damage output. Yeah, they 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 can be pretty weak, um, but I don't know. They're just like yeah. I also like um, I do like saving my shields for shield surfing. That's the thing though. I don't know if you guys decided to put um, you know upgrades into your shield inventory, but. I primarily focused on weapons, and I think I did like a couple upgrades to my bows, but I was I didn't want to waste them on shield slots. So I'm like, I was actually the reverse. I did um, obviously I did like weapons are primary. I did those as much as I could. Yeah. But when I had like not enough things for weapons, and I had enough for like a uh, a shield or a bow, I would always choose the shield primarily. Because I found myself, like, the, the amount of slots you start off with with bows, which I have upgraded bow slots, but the amount that you start off with bows, I felt was more than enough. Because their durability seems to last a lot longer, and you seem to use them a lot less. There's break I mean, in unless... inopportune time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will admit that. I've had a few of them break, like, mid-battle, that I'm just like, oh, man. And now, because the way you have to, like, you either go into your inventory to equip it, which is a pain in the middle of a battle. Right. Or or you have to like hold down the trigger and then do the D-pad to go into it and that's a pain in the ass too. So I was just like yeah the bow is can, can be an inconvenience, but I just I found that one to be the least of my problems as far as breakage goes. So I just I've primarily invested in shields and and weapons. I might look into doing shields. I I just but especially cuz I I do like shield surfing. Every chance I get I shield surf. I actually kind of forgot how to do that. You have to um, probably shouldn't be doing this on a podcast. We'll talk. But... We'll talk about it later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one last question. So a little spoilery. So for those who Spoilers. don't want a spo- although we we kind of have talked about this, but this is a spoiler cast. Anyway, just a, a forewarning. Can talk about the master sword here. So um, I believe both of you guys have gotten the master sword at this point, and you do know that it is. Spoilers! Breakable. What are your thoughts? Ryan! I didn't think it was actually breakable, breakable. Well, it was rechargeable. rendered useless for a certain amount of time. I mean, I'm not really surprised by it, considering that the entire game is based on a 
durability system. <laughs> so you're a little annoyed with it because like your more pressing issue is the thirty damage rating on it. Yeah, which if whoever spoiled it for me was right, supposedly things change after you complete all the dungeons. No. Supposedly. Go into a dungeon and look at your Master Sword. Okay. But that would also still verify that if I go to Endgame, it's probably going to do the same thing. Whatever yes. happened. <sighs> um, um, so yeah, so your issues... I was hoping that the, the weapon would be... I was hoping that the weapon would just be essentially be like, so you get this essentially last, and it's going to be the most OP weapon, and you would never have to worry about switching to other weapons. Yeah, when I first... That's what I was I, expecting out of this game. When I first discovered it, and the way... So, you know, we're going full spoilers here. The way you have to get it is you have to have a certain amount of hearts in order to pull it up out of its um, stone. Supposedly case. not. What? Supposedly what not. Uh, uh, apparently, people who are doing three heart runs are able to attain the master sword. I don't know how, but supposedly that's a thing. I I don't see how that's possible because even if you eat a food or drink an elixir that gives you extra hearts, it, it doesn't, doesn't count, count the extra I hearts. No, it doesn't. I'm just saying. Supposedly, I don't know people how who have been that. playing three heart runs have been able to get the Master Sword, which means that there must be another way to get the Master Sword. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. So, well, you know, just going off of what we do know, um, I know you have to have a certain amount of hearts. I thought that I, you know, I was kind of in in line with your whole thing of you'd have to wait till the end of the game. For me, that would have been twenty hearts. Well, in this case, in this game. 30 hearts, because there's 30 hearts total. So I figured, like, kind of like, you'd have to do all the shrines, do anything else, um, the dungeons, and then you get the Master Sword, and then you can do the last dungeon with it, and it would be unbreakable, no charging, none of that crap, and would be, like, the highest damage rating. So, um, but, well, uh, how do you feel about it, Mike? Um... You know, judging by the, the few things that, that kind of, I wouldn't say spoiled, but kind of leaked to me about the Master Sword even before I got it, it worked like I envisioned it because, like, um, I knew from, a, you know, a few things that leaked out that people were getting it sort of early in the game. So I knew it wouldn't be the end-all, be-all of weapons. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of knew, you know, based on the way they have every other weapon breaking within a few enemies that there was going to be some sort of trick to it, but it wasn't going to be like forever. So the part that kind of bothered me was that it doesn't recharge while, you know, if you decide to put it away, like you have to use it until it breaks in order for it to come back. And that kind of bothered me. I'm like, if you should, if you want to put it away, and let it re I think it should recharge faster if you stop using it rather than waiting until it breaks. Yeah, like kind of have a an actual durability, visible durability meter that, you know, if you wear it down a little and then stop using it, that should that little bit should recharge. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't want to put a meter, you could just there is a notification when a weapon is about to break and you're like, "Okay, 
you know, let me chill and use yeah, this sort of recharge. Dash it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like specifically for the master sword, because what it is, you know, make another notification that, oh, yeah, it's it's fully charged now. You're good. You know, I mean, they already have that for when you break it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree on that. I felt the same way. Um, I actually had um, that was what made my first dungeon so easy. It kind of made all of them easy because if you do the first dungeon with the Master Sword, it literally kills the dude in four hits. And I kind of felt like I had jumped the gun on pulling the sword from the stone. But, I mean, like like you said, I felt like, yeah, like just seeing the way they set up the durability system and everything, I felt like there was definitely going to be a trick to it. I was a little disappointed at the... Um, the weapons damage, like Ryan, you know, 30 is kind of, I don't know, it just seemed, I mean, I'm, I mean, yes, Claymore's just like in Ocarina of Time, there's the, the Goron Claymore that you can get that's way more powerful than the Master Sword. Oh, the big Goron Sword? Yeah, that, you know, you have to run all over the world for. Um, like, yeah, okay, I get it, you know, Claymores are going to be ridiculously overpowered, but... At the point I'm at in the game, I'm like if I get a crappy um, guardian sword plus one, not even plus two, plus one, it'll be like thirty-four, and then it'll have a perk on it plus fourteen damage up. So now it's like um, forty-six or something, and I'm like, that's a regular short sword. Like now, if I got like the uh, guardian axe plus two, it's at like, you know. 80 to 90 damage rating i'm like yeah i'm completely eclipsing the master sword here and i don't know i kind of felt like i don't know because it's a catch-22 because like what are you supposed to do okay if someone gets it really early on in the game then they're gonna have a sword with 60 damage right away and then if you go into certain areas it gives it another damage boost i don't know the I kind of want to say, I, you know, the Master Sword was disappointing in this one. It wasn't like that that final weapon attained that you were like, yes, I've completed Link. You know, for me, that's how it was in every other game. Like, when you get the Master Sword, you're like, I've completed Link. You know, I've got the, the, the shield I need. I've got the sword I need. He's already wearing the green tux. We're good. The, the tunic? Green tux. Canadian tuxedo. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, that's it for the 10 out of 10 greatest game alive, Zelda. The good, the go bad, out, and the 10 out of 10. <laughs> go out and buy it. It's a must-have. It's thoroughly enjoyable experience. May not be the perfect game, may have some flaws, but well worth it. Highly recommended. Go out and enjoy it. That's it for us at Dark Hour Gaming. You guys enjoy Tartarus. I will. Sure. No, you won't. Death will kill you. So? Death awaits you.